are in places and spaces where they have to fight yeah. to to keep themselves safe or, you know, stuff doesn't happen. People don't touch them and all of that kind of stuff. So because that happened to you, and, and I appreciate your... Um, And good morning and welcome to Speaking Life with Dr. Sabrina. I am your host, Sabrina Jackson, the people expert as I help people with people. Even if that person is themselves, because I say it all the time, we think it's somebody else that needs help. And it's really us standing in the need of some help. And so I do that in a myriad of ways. I am a clinical therapist by trade. I am a life coach, a business coach, a speaker's coach. I am an author. I am a uh, comedian, actress, TV radio personality, but the whole new thing about being a comedian is huge. It's huge for me. I have a a new sketch comedy um, show that I'm a part of called Live and in Color, and it is amazing, and I play uh, Dr. Hershey. I am a therapist in the skit, but oh my God, the skits are hilarious, and I am Dr. Hershey because I'm a chocolate girl. And I tell men all the time, you can't handle all this chocolate. I'll put you in a diabetic coma because you got to have a sweet tooth over here. I'm just saying. And so I am excited about this podcast because we come here on Mondays to speak life to you. Because the word is very clear. It tells us that life and death lay in the power of your own tongue. So what are you saying? What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about your loved ones? What are you saying about your life? What are you saying about your career? What are you saying about your health? What are you saying about your money? What are you saying? Because soon as you say it, the Holy Spirit is quickly moving to manifest it. So if you're saying negative things, guess what's coming? 
negative things. And if you're saying positive things, positive things are coming to you as well. And so that's what we do here every week. We um, have discussions where we can give you positive things to grab hold to so that you can see that, yes, it can happen for you, too. And so by doing that, I have incredible, incredible guests. I am so blessed that I know incredible people. And if you weren't tuned in last week, you better go back and look at the first episode with uh, singer, anointed, extraordinaire, actress herself. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Tasha Page Lockhart was my guest last week. And we were so busy talking we said we didn't even really scratch the surface. So we had to come back. And this is part two with Tasha Page Lockhart. But today we're going to change the focus. We're going a little deeper. It's called mm. the good, the bad, and the devastating. Mighty God. Oh, hey, sis. <laughs> what up, though? What up, though? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I want to give people a little recap okay. from last week because one of the things that I learned which I did not know before, is that when you went for Sunday's best, uh, you were number 4,113. In a box. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> they, they gambling. We know. Y'all know y'all in the box. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> for all the number players in the, in the back of the room. No, yeah. Uh, I was number 4,113. And then you made it to the top 100. Mm-hmm. And then they n- narrowed it down to the top 20. Mm-hmm. And you were number 21. 21. And then while you were on 21, somebody within the top 20 could not pass the background check. That's how it happened. Oh, I tell you, God will do a thing. Oh, yeah. And you don't realize what he's doing, but just understand he's doing something. Mm-hmm. And so they moved you from 21 into the top 20. Yeah. And you won the whole thing. Yes. Look at God. <laughs> And I will say this, I am, I am all, we also talked about the movie that you're in, mm-hmm. the Christmas movie that you did, which was on Lifetime, uh, Kurt Franklin's The Night Before Christmas, yes, yes. and I did watch it, I did enjoy it, I enjoyed you immensely, I thought you, you brought such a light and levity to the role. Thank you. And, did you uh, watch it by yourself or was you curled up on the couch in your flannel pajamas with a, I, I, a special with, person? With, I, no, no. No special person. Huh? Oh, no, no, no special person. Huh? No, 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 no. Sugar, which is my dog. My dog. Sugar was there. That's who, child. Okay, okay, okay. We believe in (laughs) the Lord. I'm speaking it into existence. Come on. We're believing the Lord. Yes. We're believing the Lord. So, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the... um, I I think... Okay, so can I I just tell the one complaint that I had? Okay. You didn't sing enough. But see, I understand when people are moving you to a different space, mm-hmm. they don't always use the space that you occupy right. because they want people to see you broader. Yeah. So I understand it. I like it. It was more about the acting. People. It was more about the acting. And mm-hmm. so from that, it has led to other opportunities. Yes. Come on now. Yeah. Come on, God, this open is, doors. I love I love this, I, and I started saying it. I've never heard anybody say it, and maybe they they've said it a different way. But I'm I'm taking ownership of it. Go ahead. Um, every opportunity is an audition for the next. Ooh. So it doesn't matter how many people are in the room. It doesn't matter um, whatever the task that you have been given to do. 
do it like somebody's watching you that can give you another opportunity. Raise your hands and give God glory. <laughs> yes. And my cash app is. Uh, yes. I'm just <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I agree with that so wholeheartedly because one of the things that I say every time I'm on TV, mm-hmm. I say somebody is watching me that's got something to give me. Absolutely. An opportunity for me, an mm-hmm. opportunity to speak, an opportunity to be in, t- whatever the opportunity. But somebody is watching that's in the decision-making position mm-hmm. so that when they call, it's a done deal. Absolutely. And that's why, because God has to use people. Oh, don't we say all the time, we so churchy, God's going to open the door. God's not physically open. opening that the door. door. He's he not getting people. ready to swing open right here. It's he, not just, he oh uses God, people. It's an open door. It's an He's got to use somebody. He uses people. I say it's he gonna blesses us. Call. It's going to be something. Yes. And say, you know what? You was on my mind. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being on my mind. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. So I am so incredibly happy for you and proud of you and, you and supporting what you do. And for people who are listening, support the people you know. That part. I watched the movie the first night. And I watched it the first night because Tasha Page Lockhart was in it. And I know you. It's not like I know of you. Mm-hmm. I know you. Right, so how right. dare I not make it my business mm-hmm. to sit and watch, mm-hmm. to support? We have to do that. And sometimes, I'm just going to put it out there, uh, black people, mm-hmm. we don't do that for mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. We'll watch from afar. We won't say nothing. We won't encourage. We won't uplift. We won't nothing. And we need that. I don't care where you see us at. People think that because you were the winner of Sunday's Best, (laughs) then you have all of that. No. Mm -hmm. I still have moments that I need to be encouraged and uplifted and inspired, too. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So that's what I'm here for. I'm here for it. I'm here for inspiring and speaking life. But with today, Dr. Sabrina. Uh, yeah, with Dr. Sabrina. That's what that's what I'm here for. <laughs> but I want us to go a little deeper. Let's do it. Because uh, I know There's some things about your. You getting scared? I know some things about places and spaces that you've been. And uh, I want to go there. Mm-hmm. And so there was a time. I know this part of your story that you were using drugs. Yes. What type of drugs? So I was, um, I had like a five-year, four or five-year um, journey with cocaine. I was addicted to cocaine. Really? It started with cigarettes. So cigarettes? went to like black and miles, then weed. Black and miles. Ecstasy then pills. Ecstasy. Ecstasy is really the transition that took me to okay, cocaine. Hold on, hold on. Let's go back to ecstasy because I don't know nothing about ecstasy. I thought ecstasy was the drug you take so you can get it on. Is it to get it on? <laughs> no. So ecstasy. It's I, not. They, I guess they call it Molly's now. It's kind of I have no idea. Thing. I'm so, so, I'm so sorry. You know, think, so stuff evolves. Just okay. like technology. It's the oh, same, okay. kind of the true. same thing. They just changed the name and repackaged it. Okay. So people wouldn't think, oh, that's old. It's just the same thing. So an ecstasy pill is a pill that has a whole bunch of different drugs in it compressed into one little pill. And when you take it, it takes about like 15 to 20 minutes to kick in and your body goes through all those things that, that's in the, those different drugs in that one pill. So it's a whole bunch of different drugs mixed together in one little pill. And it's very dangerous. And 
Um, so I started doing that. I started with a half a pill, then went to a hole, then a, a hole and a half, and then two. And it's, it's, it was crazy. And we, and you can't sleep. You're up all night. And so it basically magnifies whatever mood you're in. So if you feel like having sex, you're going to, you're going to be doing it all night. If you, if you upset, you're going to be mad all night. If you're happy, you're going to be smiling and laughing and all. It just gives off what mood you're already in. Okay. And, um, doing, as I begin to keep doing that, it built up my tolerance for, so it was like, now I can't feel that anymore. I don't so feel now, that. I so you're always that. chasing that feeling. Yes. Because that's what I hear, that people mm-hmm. are, like when people started using crack, mm-hmm. that people would be chasing that initial high. Yes. But you never achieve it. No. You, you never achieve it, but you're always chasing it. So you went from cigarettes to black and miles to weed mm-hmm. to ecstasy, which is a slash molly. I'm learning. I'm teaching. I'm learning where I'm going. I'm learning and teaching. So a molly and then, then cocaine. Mm-hmm. And so you, you dibbled in all of that for about four to five years. Mm-hmm. What was it that got you to stop? Um, just my mother threatening to take my older son. This is the reality of that I may lose custody of my son. And then, um, just understanding that, you know, children, we don't get to pick our parents. Sure don't. You know, we brought him into the world and I had a responsibility to raise him and care for him and love him. And then having a background coming from church, you know, that seed of righteousness that was planted in me as a kid, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. And so just God was just working on me, working on me and working on me. And um, my ex-husband took me to a church in Atlanta. And when I got to that church, they just began to speak life into me. And my first service there, the pastor was preaching. He stopped preaching and looked at me and was like, I don't know who you are, but you're going to help me change my whole music department. It Mm. would be a great asset to this ministry. And God's going to do a mighty work in your life. And And just went back to preaching. And I was just like, oh, Lord, here we go. And then his wife got up and walked over there to me while he was preaching and just went to laying hands and going in on me. Wow. And that was the beginning of my journey of healing. That so it so wasn't good. like an instant thing. Right. And that's so good that you talked about that there is a journey. Because when when you're in the midst of the dark place and you may see a flicker of light, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, no, the light ain't, still ain't on. So, oh, well, mm-hmm. I might as well stay in the dark place mm-hmm. because that's the familiar. Right. And so the familiar is so important to understand that if you want something that you haven't had, you got to be open to doing something that you've never done. Right. And so I appreciate your ex-husband for taking you to oh, the yeah. church. He did, he did, he did, he did, did a, a thing, right? He did that thing. <laughs> he said, you should say he did a thing, right? That's funny. <laughs> I caught that. I caught that. Um, <laughs> So you said that, but you starting to to use drugs really came out of another experience that you had, that you were looking to uh, probably numb the feelings that you were having. And so tell us about that. Um, So I was molested uh, when I was young by my uncle and by um, a, a lady who was supposed to be taking care of us while my mother was traveling. I want to stop right there. Because for some reason in our society, we think that molestation is only done by men. No, 
there are women mm-hmm. who are predators as well. Yeah. And and this the thing about that is a lot of men don't tell because and yeah. I and a man told me this. I know. He said we were just looking at it like I was telling people like you ain't gonna I got believe, what, believe what she did to me and, and didn't realize that what was happening was wrong. He mm-hmm. didn't realize that he was being violated. Mm-hmm. And so when a lot of women come forward and once because I didn't realize that it was wrong until I got older. Right. Because when it's somebody that, you know, no, that you, you love think, you and think that it's you okay. trust and that your parents have um, put in 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 that that's supposed to be caring for you. You're like in your mind, you're thinking, oh, my uncle won't harm me. Right. And I'm going to school. I'm thinking all the other girls in my school, they were doing it, too. I didn't know. And so because of that, that door was opened at a young age. I started seducing grown men mm. at 14 and 15 mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. and they were letting me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember. Do you remember the movie? I can't remember the name. It's with Kevin Spacey. And he plays. In fact, the movie won an Academy Award. Okay. And it was about... Him being an older gentleman who had a teenage daughter and the teenage daughter's friend was seducing him. And he was all, you know, he was, she was fine, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. But when they won the Academy Award, the writer and the director were on stage and they said, how many of us fellas have had that experience? (laughs) And they panned the audience, and it literally made my stomach turn because it was so many men going, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. So we have to do a better job <laughs> at teaching our young men mm-hmm. about uh, just because you get excited and you like it don't give you the right to touch it. That's right. That's right. And we have to teach them that because a lot of times, and I think and about. Somebody should have told me, go sit yourself down somewhere. Sit down. Sit down and you. Mm-hmm. Mm, 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 mm. Pop, what was I doing? Pop, pop, pop. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Pop, 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 pop. Pop, 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 pop. Mm, mm, mm. Just fast. Just fast. Mm-hmm. And it was so, it's so, it's so interesting when you find young girls now who are fast. Do we actually say something to them? I do. I do too, girl. I'd be like, I, I remember telling a girl once, it's not impressive to me that you can screw. Dogs do that. What's impressive to me, and this may sound, this may, church people close your ears because I'm going to say I'm going here. But I talk to people where they at. I just do. Okay, okay, I okay. said, it's impressive to me is if you can get great grades, plan for a great future. Mm-hmm. Plan to have someone value you. That's impressive. Right. Because it's not impressive to screw. Right. You, it, anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a part of the human experience. Right. You know, you, dogs ain't, t- don't nobody take a dog and say, well, if you want to learn how to have, a, have another dog, these are the steps you got to take. Dogs just know when a dog get in heat and the other dog, they going at it. Right. It's just a part of human nature. So sexuality and sex is a part of human nature. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, and I'm going to say it out loud, churches don't do a good job 
at teaching mm-hmm. because, yeah, they'll say it's better to marry than to burn. Right. But what if you marry the wrong person? They don't teach you about that. Mm-hmm. What if you marry a person and you haven't been sexual and now you are sexual and you don't like it? Right. You just you, you don't like it. And you're supposed to like it. You, mm-hmm. At least that's, that's what you've been told. But they haven't told you how to. They ain't told you nothing. So we really have to do a better job at helping people navigate this thing we call adulthood. Let me, let me, let me ask you a question. Sure. Because you said churches. And, I, and I've said this, too. And, and now that you're saying it and I'm hearing you say it, is it the, is it the church's responsibility to raise our children or to Ooh. give our children what Ooh. we need? Or is it Ooh, the, parents, the parents? Okay, so let me is see. It, is it, it, should it be, you know, it, does it work hand in hand? Like, I really want to. Let me say this. The reason that I don't say just parents, because some parents shouldn't have never had kids in the first place. But when I decide to put my umbrella out as a church, Mm -hmm. that's a decision that I've made. Mm -hmm. And there's a responsibility that I have when I've made that decision. It wasn't no mistake. It's not that, oh, I laid up and I, oops, I had a baby. I intentionally decided to do ministry. Right. And because I intentionally decided to do it, I believe that the church has responsibility. And so, yes, I think the church has a huge responsibility because not only do we have to help with our children, but sometimes the parents still need support right. and help and lessons and how to be a parent and mm-hmm. how to, all of that. So the church house is a hospital, yeah, but it's a spiritual hospital. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think that the church has responsibility. I just, I just do. Um, no, I don't. Ooh. I don't disagree mm-hmm. with you. I just. But I'm not taking parents off the hook. Yeah. But this is what I'll say to some parents about some parents. I've known parents who they themselves have been molested, never had counseling, never healed. And then when it happened to their child, in their mind, they felt like I turned out okay, they'll be okay. So they they haven't matured enough in that area to really even help their child. Because they still need healing. So what I had to allow God to do, and I'm going to skip forward and then we can go back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what I had to allow God to do in my healing process is fast track me. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is whenever you experience trauma at a certain age, sometimes it's almost like your development. It's like it, you, it freezes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you're. If if it happened at 14, you could be 35, but in your mind, you're still a 14-year-old trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And so when um, I came to the—because in order to cope with what happened, I blocked those memories out of my mind. Mm-hmm. So I didn't remember that I was molested until standing in front of a camera doing all of the behind-the-scenes footage at Sunday Best. Wow. And they said, tell us about a traumatic experience that happened in your life. Wow. And I was looking at the lady and I was just trying to think of something. And then the tears just started coming. And I remembered. I started seeing it like, oh, my goodness, I was molested. And what's so interesting about the mind, the brain is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. It does things to protect you. Yeah. It's just just how it's wired. protects you so that you're not constantly feeling that level of pain. Mm-hmm. Even if you've 
even if you do remember trauma, your brain is so powerful. And so to be in that moment and that question at that moment was a trigger for you. Yes. And then now you you rush back into what you've been through. Mm hmm. And so because I had suppressed all of those memories and then I had stopped my growth and development um, to that space and time when I was in my teenage years, once I remembered that that happened and I started getting help for it, God had to fast track me and catch me up. And I had to grow up quick. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. There's no more excuses. I can't live my life blaming my uncle. I can't live my life blaming my parents. I can't live my life pointing fingers and blaming anybody that hurt me, assaulted me. I cannot live my life doing that because now I have a responsibility as an adult to arrive to a destination in life where God wants me to be. Ooh. I have a respon- We are. We have to be responsible. Absolutely. So I say that. I say that all the time. It's one of my acronyms, CARE. And mm-hmm. the R in care is righteously responsible. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be responsible. You got to own your own stuff. Absolutely. And so forgiveness is such a huge peel because too often people believe that forgiveness means you're uh, validating that it was okay that what happened. Mm-mm. That's not what forgiveness is or that you're forgiving the other person for the other person and they don't deserve forgiveness, but you deserve it. Right. Because forgiveness is for you. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is so that you're not in a place where you're being bitter. Mm-hmm. That you can take the experience and do like the word says that all things are working together for your good and so you can become better. Mm-hmm. And now you're able to help. I know you've helped hundreds of thousands of people. It's been a blessing. Because you have told your story. Yeah. Of all ages. Oh, I Sometimes know. we just think uh, about people where we are. Right. But I've had experiences where women in their 70s um, would come up to me with tears in their eyes and say, you just don't know how much you've blessed me and helped me. And I was raped. I was molested when I was a, a teenager. Or, you know, and my uncle did this to me or my father. Or, and, you know, what? I'm going to go home and tell my children and my grandchildren what happened to me. It's like it, it's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to heal. Mm-hmm. It's never too late to forgive and let go because sometimes we're holding on to things because unforgiveness is holding Love and forgiveness is a release. Yeah. And so I always say love releases, hate holds. And just ha- understanding grace. <gasps> yes. Like I, I say this all the time. Grace is given because grace is needed. Mm. It, it has nothing to do with what you deserve. I have to extend grace to you because I understand who I used to be. I understand that I may mess up tomorrow. Hello. I might mess up today. I might mess up today. Today. Like in the moment. I've been doing good so far. So far, so good. So, but the day ain't over. Exactly. It's yet still early. So I have to extend grace to you. And sometimes you just got to learn how to let people off the hook. Ooh, that's good. Let people off the hook. Okay, so we need to take a break. That's what we do here. We need to take a break. And we're going to take a break. And we're going to be back with more with my amazing guest, Tasha Page Lockhart. Hi, everybody. You 
are live right here with Dr. Sabrina. I'm going to take you on a journey. I'm going to dive a little deeper. I'm going to go places and spaces that we have not necessarily gone. Helping people is really just my gift. And so because I am gifted in that way, I absolutely want to help people alleviate pain. Understand that trauma doesn't have to keep you stuck there. You can forgive what seems like the unforgivable because unforgiveness is a block to your blessings. If you stay in unforgiveness, it's not hurting the other person. It's hurting you. The decision to do anything that had to do with psychology, clinical therapy, all of that, actually started at the age of nine. I saw a movie called Sybil. And in this movie, Sally Fields played a person with multiple personalities. But the thing that grabbed me was the therapist. And I said at nine, that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to work with people and transform them to get them to a space of healing. Hey family, it's Dr. Sabrina here, the people expert with your people expert tip of today. Oh, the people expert. I do call myself the people expert because I help people with people, even if that person is themselves. Because so often we think it's somebody else with the problem and it's really us standing in the need of some help. Well, the first thing that I say to people, and I say this to any client that comes to me, when you look at your life, do you like it? Nine times out of 10, people will say no. And then my second question, are you willing to do something different to change it? Because what you've been doing up to this point got you to this point and you don't like it. So you have to be open to doing something you've never done or to have something you've never had. All of us need somebody to talk to. No matter what seat you sit in, you need somebody to pour into you. I think my purpose and mission is to use my voice to assist other people walk in their voice. Help them understand that you too can do you, whether that's through counseling, whether that's through speaking, whether that's through the books that I write. All of it is around helping people understand things to unlock in them. And my favorite song that speaks to me is a rap song. It's by DJ Cat. It simply says, all I do is win, win, win no matter what. Every time I step up in the building, everybody's hands go up, mm, mm, and they stay there. And welcome back. We are back. Oh my goodness, I love that. A uh, little character reel. It's a character reel. It's not necessarily a commercial. It is just to show my personality to people in the media space that may want to hire me for hosting and movies and TV and all of the above. And so, whew, I love it though. All I do I is win. Show them how you was just jamming though. Oh, all I do. Show them how you was just jamming. I'm ready. I'm ready. If yes. you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Oh my goodness, we are having such amazing conversation with 
Tasha Page Lockhart. I, I first of all, I just want to thank you for being transparent, because so many times we get to a place and we don't share. Mm-hmm. Because we don't want people to know or we don't want people to think of us a certain way. Or, But what I understand about healing is that you can't heal from a thing until you're real about a thing. Absolutely. And in order to be real about a thing, you got to talk about the thing. Yeah. So, you know, and, and so I really appreciate you sharing about, you know, your family and how, you know, you felt like they didn't tell you not to be around. They ain't, and then when they saw you being fast, they ain't take what you said. Like, I remember telling my nieces, uh, don't be sitting on grown men's laps. You can't sit on nobody's laps and you got boobs and and hips. And so even uh, even if he hadn't planned it, you come rolling your tail in front of him. Mm -hmm. It may excite a thing. It may. It will. (laughs) If they human. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's true. It's true. You know, I'm such a movie girl. Mm-hmm. Remember the movie, uh, Madea's Family Reunion? Mm-hmm. And they were at the Family Reunion, and all the me- older men were playing cards. And then two of the little cousins or nieces or great nieces came by with their little short, 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 short song. And he went, oh, yeah, go over there and get me a pop. Down, Go deep down, down. And so he's look. they are looking at these young girls. Right. Like it's nothing, mm-hmm. but it's something. So we got to do a better job at at teaching about it. So let me ask this question: Because you had those experiences, how did it affect how did it affect you once you got married? Um, I didn't realize that it was having an effect on me, but um, you know, just having a hard time being intimate. Okay, and then. Then I took it to the extreme where it was like I wanted it all the time. Okay. Didn't have a balance for it. Okay. And it's just trying to navigate through that and find my way. Um, whoever you're with has to have a lot of patience with you. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's not like an instant thing where it's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm a believer now. I'm walking with the Lord. I'm completely free and nothing bothers me and I don't have any issues and I'm, I'm fine. I think the church has presented Jesus Christ in a way where it's almost deceiving people. Like, oh, come on, come on down to the altar. Give your life, life to Christ and everything's going to be okay. You'll like never when you be wake, the same. You, when you wake up, when you stand up. Because, you know, sometimes they knock you out, they, put you, mm-hmm. they slay you. But you, when you get up, you're going to never be the same. And then you have the same urges. You have the same um, triggers. You mm-hmm. haven't learned about them. You haven't gone to therapy to get yeah. the information that you need to really work at uh, being a new person. Right. Now, the Holy Spirit will empower you. There yes. There are times when I've had encounters with God and I did get up and feel different. Like, oh, wait. Something mm-hmm. changed. Something changed. Something There's changed a shift. Mm-hmm. But I, there was still work I had to do to, do. to build on that. To yes. That, cultivate that. You know, it's we. There's always work to do. Ooh, say that. This again. thing you have to. You have to participate in it. Can you? Can you? And so many people don't want to. Mm-mm. They don't want to do the work. They don't want. They just want it to be over. Well, no, that's not. That's not realistic. Mm-mm. It's. It's not. And so, married. Yes. Twice. Mm-hmm. Divorce mm-hmm. twice. Mm-hmm. How's that working in the church? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well. You know, I I freed myself from people's opinions. 
And it's like, you know, oh. life happens. People make mistakes. Sometimes we get it wrong. And um, I just, just like we were talking about earlier about letting people off the hook, I decided to let myself off of the hook. Ooh. Because I haven't beaten myself up so much. Why did you do this? Why did you marry that man? Why did you get into another relationship so quick? Why did you so-and-so? Why did you marry your first husband? You didn't have to marry him just because he helped you get off drugs. Why did you so-and-so? Why did you... And and. It's, it's all the whys and it's all the, and I can't go back and redo that stuff. Oh, that's so, so good. I have to give myself grace. I have to forgive myself and let myself off the hook and say, okay, you did that. Okay, well, now let's, 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 let's deal with the now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot go back and change any of that stuff. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I always say that all you have is now. Mm-hmm. Yesterday has become back then and tomorrow is when but what are you doing with your now mm-hmm. and so in this moment what do you feel that you're doing differently what I'm doing differently is I'm doing the work and okay. I'm not afraid to have tough conversations I'm not afraid to um, confront things head-on I've been able to put up boundaries with people and stick with it standing my ground I'm able to um, um, not Feel the condemnation and the guilt and the shame that can, that comes along with all of the bad decisions that I've made, and understanding that the circumstances that presented themselves to me. Sometimes you, we always say what we'll never do. I said I'll never snort Ooh. cocaine. Oh, and when I was around other people that was doing it, that I trusted, that I, I'm like, well, you know, we see the commercials and we see people that look like addicts and they look all broke down and tore up and I'm looking at them like they don't look like that this might be okay hold on wait a minute this don't look like somebody outside on the street homeless and so I was like well let me just try it Mm -hmm. and I bought into the deception and I bought into the lie and um it almost took me out of here so that's what I feel like I'm doing differently now is I don't have a religious mindset oh so that's, I, a breathe, that's a breathable moment yeah, right there. Yeah. I don't have a religious mindset. Give us an example of what a religious mindset is. I would say a religious mindset is um, I'm going to church because my grandmother made me go to church. And we go to church every Sunday. And on first Sundays, we do communion. And we wear black. Okay. Well, what did you get out of the service? Nothing. <laughs> well, what did you learn today? Some of us can't no. even say what the preacher talked about. Yeah, nothing. Woo, he was shocked. We, we had danced, a good time. We danced. danced. We had a shouting good time. But what did you get? Like, like to me, a good preacher makes me want to preach. Because mm-hmm. if I get a good word, I want to give it. You know. Sometimes when you leave church, you should believe a little like, ooh, that was heavy. Uh-huh. You'll yeah. always leave on a high. Ooh, I need to go home. It's a challenge. I got to go home and lay down now because okay. that took me too fast. That took me too fast. I need a nap today. That's so funny because when we talk about forgiveness, I remember several years ago I was preaching on a, it was Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And I was preaching on love, of course, since it was Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. And I talked about how I knew I had forgiven my ex-husband, my first one, because I got two husbands. Mm-hmm. They was my husband. 
And I knew I had forgiven him because someone had called me to ask that I know anybody that was a referee. And at that time, he wasn't paying child support, nothing, but I gave him the opportunity. So when I got off the phone, I was very excited because I said I knew I was doing what God would want me to do, not necessarily what I wanted to do. And the very next day, I mean, I really left out of church on a high that day. I was like, oh, I am the queen of forgiveness Mm -hmm. until the next day. (laughs) The very next day, a girlfriend called me and said, Sabrina, I want you to co-host a show with me. And it's going to be called The Children of Legends. Mm. And so she started running down the list of different children of legends that she would have as a guest. And she said one person's name. And I says, oh, no, 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 no. I can't can't be on the show with them. She says, well, what? Why not? I began to tell a story about this person that happened 25 years ago, like it happened yesterday. And the Holy Spirit, while I was talking, Mm -hmm. whispered in my ear and says, but I thought you were the queen of forgiveness. Mm. So the Holy Spirit will put your stuff right back in your face. Uh Yeah, right back in your face. And I had to go and repent and get myself together and had to call the person. Because in this 25 years, they had no idea I was still holding on. Right. And I had to really forgive. I was um, going through, I, go, I feel like I go through stages of healing. It's like once I conquer one thing and I get a breather, that breather may last a day. <laughs> it may last a week. It may last a month. And I was just like, <sighs> And then all of a sudden, something else creep up and I'd be like oh lord I forgot about this now I gotta deal with it and so he'll give you rest and the beginning of healing is taking your mind and your mouth off of it Mm. and when you take your mind and your mouth off of it that means stop talking about the thing stop thinking about it stop discussing it with everybody rehearsing the details of it yes and once you do that, that doesn't mean that the thing goes away, but he gives you rest in that time period and he gives you strategy and he gives you wisdom. And then when that comes back around, when it's time for you to confront it and deal with it, now you, have you can do stuff. it from mm-hmm. and you're not in a bitter place. And you, you have re- recharged. Yes. You have refilled. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole thing about being um, taking time for self-care. And I heard Iyanla say this. Being selfish is not being selfish. It's being self-full. Mm. So if your cup is empty, how are you pouring out to anybody else? Right. You have to take time for self so you can fill back up. So now if I'm self-full, I can give. Yeah. I don't know who said this. Somebody said, uh, it sounds funny, but it's true. Never make a decision or, or have or um, do a contract or negotiate a business deal when you're exhausted and when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. Like that Snickers commercial. <laughs> the Snickers commercial be like, no, 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 you're hungry. <laughs> you need some food. You need some food. Or you some need sleep. some food. Let me eat real quick. Some, some, if back. I'm exhausted. No, 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 no. I can't be making decisions. Mm-mm. No, no, no. And really, if you're in the, in a place of where you're just emotional, mm-hmm. if you are uh, super sad or in the midst of major grief, uh, if you are depressed about something, you got to give yourself some time so that when you make the decision, you're in a healthier place. So let me say this real quick. So who this is a side note. And this is 
this goes to out to entrepreneurs, leaders, me, me, and people that <laughs> are in leadership, me, and that have been charged and have the responsibility to make decisions on a daily basis that affect other people. Me. Okay, that's Who for me. do you have around you uh-huh. that can make decisions when you can't? <gasps> that's because so good. things have to keep moving. That's so good. That's so good. Okay, this is so good. Because, you know, I had COVID, and I was in the hospital for 28 days. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I couldn't do that. So I had people around me that had to make decisions because mm-hmm. business had to still go on. There were yeah. still responsibilities that I could not make that still were paid for in advance. I mean, it's stuff like I couldn't speak. So, mm-hmm. like, if I couldn't speak, I couldn't speak. Right. But there were other things, even with my care. My son had to step up, and he was talking to the doctor every day, and he was doing, you know, and so we have to prepare our children yeah. to, uh, like, one of the things that I do when I meet with my team, my son is always on the call. Because I want him to be 100% informed on everything I'm doing mm-hmm. in, in business. Because at the end of the day, when, if, when, when I leave here, I shut my eyes, as, as they say. Mm-hmm. He, it, everything goes to him. Right. And so he needs to know what the plan was, what, the, what we're working on. Because and I know that to be true. I can't remember what we were working on. But I was on a call with you, and he was on a call. I know. I know we were working on doing my book, um, Condition Not to Tell, yeah. tour. Yeah, we need to do tour. that. Oh, yeah. Lord, we need to do the tour. Mm-hmm. We need to do the tour. Look, look at him. <laughs> when I tell you, okay, so if people don't know, I myself was gang raped mm. at 14 by three guys. And the first time I told the story, I was at Greater Emanuel. Mm. on a panel and the lady asked the question and I answered the question based on what I had been through and I had never spoke it out loud before. Mm. I was 48. I remember it well. I remember it well. But I, I, and and so it's interesting because people have said to me, because you know I've talked about it on TV and stuff now, but I've had people say, I would have never thought that that happened to you. And so my thing was, well, how am I supposed to look? Right. Tattered and torn, clothes torn. That was I, that, I was fourteen. Yeah, and so I, I do believe that's important to tell our stories yeah. because it helps us with healing. Because see, now I can talk about it and don't cry. Right. I can talk about it and not feel some kind of way. I can I can just talk about it. But when I wrote the book about all the times that I, because the fourteen. Because what I say in my story is that at 14, I never said a word because by 14, I was already conditioned not to tell. Mm-hmm. So because I had that conditioning, it was nothing for me not to say nothing, to go home and do my right. homework. And like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. However, it is important that we understand how that conditioning impacts other areas of your life. Right. It affected me in my business, that people would say stuff and I would be angry and I wouldn't say nothing. I was the queen of not saying nothing. Mm-hmm. But guess who's delivered from that? Whoa. I'm delivered from that. My God. I remember telling a, a, <laughs> a, a, a telling someone that I don't want to be pigeonholed for a person who could only work with the African-American community mm-hmm. because I am African-American. Right. I said what I do with people, I do with people. Right. That's why I'm the people expert. I'm not the black people expert. That part. And so I had to. I feel to, that same way about music. Yeah. I don't want to just be a black gospel singer. Oh, my God. And I don't want to be a big one either. 
What do you mean? Overweight. Big, big like fat. No, big? When you when you lie, when you when you think about gospel singers, you think most people think, oh, you can flat foot, flat foot. I say that. I say that a lot. A lot of them are. A big, lot of them have been in the past. I'm not being funny. I big, can say it because I'm in this industry. Big yeah, girls. Big girls. Big girls. Both we the ones that got it. They, they, big they big can girls. Go now. But you know, I, I want. I want to be healthy. You think about that, Leandria Johnson. Oh yeah, she's incredible. That thing. She's incredible. Flat-footed singer. Just incredible. Let me go back to something you just said. Okay. About um, when you were talking about being raped. Mm -hmm. Because the same thing happened to me. Okay. I think on our last show, I said to you that I forgive myself for being raped. Mm -hmm. And I was gang raped by five men. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason why I had to say I forgive myself for being raped is because I saw a man at a gas station and he looked like he had some money. He was talking to me and I got in his car with him. <sighs> Choices. So if I would have never gotten into that car, I would have never been raped. That doesn't take the responsibility away, away from, from the them, rapist. Mm-hmm. But I got into a car with a stranger. Mm-hmm. Which it's caused the, me to be raped. Which you, you do have to make... When you go back and walk through the places and spaces that you've been through, what were your decisions, especially when you get to a certain age? Mm-hmm. Because I always say this, and I do say this, I could be walking down the street but naked. It does not give anybody the right to touch me. Right. It doesn't. However... I shouldn't be slinging all my private parts in front of everybody's faces. Everybody don't have constraints. Right. Some people will see it and go, oh, I'm going to, they're going to do the David. Mm-hmm. Bring Bathsheba to me. Bring her to me. Bring her. Bring her to me. And they said, that's, that's <laughs> Uriah's. That's Uriah's wife. Do you realize I'm the king? Bring her to me. Mm-hmm. Now. <laughs> At once. <laughs> At once. <laughs> so, you know, and we say it flippantly, but that's real. Yeah. And people feel validated at doing what they do to people. You know, so I really appreciate you sharing that these are the places that you've been and that you've done the work and that you continue to do the work and that and that you are walking down different streets at this time. You're walking down different spaces. You are not allowing your past to hold you hostage Mm -hmm. for your future. And I always say God does not consult your past Mm -hmm. to determine your future, but he uses stuff from your past Mm -hmm. to help you in your present. So I, I know that everything that you've been through, the world is going to be better because you are in it mm-hmm. and that you are sharing the things that you've been through. I know I am just incredibly impressed and honored to know you and to know the level of strength that you have. Mm. That is huge because you, you, yeah, you know, especially people who've been, been married mm-hmm. and you know, my, both my ex-husbands are preachers. I'm like, what is it with the preachers? So I feel like, mm-mm, mm-mm, Lord, mm-mm, nope, nope, don't want to go down. No. But, you know, I was talking to somebody, and they got the prophesied to me about, I see you as a bishop's wife. No! I wanted to just go running down the street like, no! <laughs> Been there, done that. But God has a plan. Always. So what you got coming up? Um, Actually, 
I'm getting ready to launch my podcast. Um, Please tell us about shout it. Shout out to the Streamcastic podcast. Stream. Godcastic. All of the castics. Casting. Family. Um, thank you so much for introducing me to this platform. You're welcome. Um, and to Miles, the one and only. Miles Dixon. Immediately after this um, sermonic solo, the next voice you will hear will be. <laughs> you know how they introduce me? <laughs> that of the right reverend. I'm, I'm making you a preacher. Huh? But anyway, the shout out to him who um, has been walking me through the process and just been so gracious and showing me what I need to do and everything. So I'm excited that, that this gift that I have to Gab is getting ready to be put to some use. And I know that all of the things that I've gone through. Um, are to help other people so I'm excited about that I'm excited about um, my new book audio book workbook and book that's going to be coming um, in this first quarter of this year called do the work or live like a fraud that's the name of the book you see how it's just a shock factor it's like what you say do the work or live like a fraud that's the name of the book I thought she was gonna say frog I said I, what the how do frogs live? <laughs> I don't know how frogs live. And I can say okay. that because I used to live like a frog. What does Ooh. that mean? I wasn't stealing nobody's identity. But I was walking around like I was healed. I was walking around like everything was okay. And it wasn't. Ooh. Because I wasn't doing the work. Wasn't doing the work. And you got to face it. You have to. You got to face it. I have a good, good friend. In fact, she's the person that gave me the name, the people expert, Steffi Blakely. And she says all the time, you got to just face it. So, it's time for us to go. Can can you believe that time went so fast? fast. Oh, my goodness. So, now I'm going to have to be a guest on her podcast. Yes. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. And let me say this, and this is my, I'm going to close with this. Understand that when God has blessed you, it is because he's allowing your neighbor to see your blessings. Mm -hmm. And when God has blessed you, that means... That blessings is in the neighborhood. So welcome to the neighborhood, sister. We'll be back next week with more Speaking Life with Dr. Sabrina. Have a good one. Mm